Welcome back in another episode. Mike and Max are back in Startup Sparks and Serendipity again. Um, it's been another episode. It's been been some time, um, a week, <laughs> since we have come together. Um, and of course, we have very hectic times at the moment, especially for startups, especially for people who like ideas, who like Sparks, and who like Serendipity. And I think um, it's good to have a conversation in times of Corona about potential impact um, about the potential impact on startups, but also more from a more like economic and startup perspective. And Mike, welcome um, to another episode. It's cool that we come together again. <laughs> hey, yeah. Happy to be here. Crazy times. Crazy times. What's your perspective uh, at the moment? How, how are you doing? Uh, well, first of all, I'm doing well. Uh, I think we we have reacted quicker than other people. I know it's March 19th. Today, uh, at our startup, we've been working from home for over two weeks now. So we were uh, a bit early, but I think in hindsight, it, it paid off. And first of all, I, I think it's something that you hear a lot about. So we won't talk about the politics of it. We won't talk about the biology of it, but we just wanted to share the things that we've heard from the startup scene, from different investors we talked to from other founders and CEOs about, on the one hand, what industries are impacted, what startups can do now, and then also on a more macro level, what kind of people are most impacted and how can you use the time and how can you use this crisis or however you want to call it to your own advantage. And yeah, I think that's something where we all have to come together and sharing ideas is definitely a part of it, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and I think we are both aware that a lot of people are having internal discussions now with the founder teams, with, with the teams in general of how this whole, um, yeah, how this whole time is actually impacting and affecting a company. And, and I would love to like, really love to jump in directly because, um, we've both done a little bit of research. You may have done some, some more, but, um, what's, what's your, what's your first first insight what's the general impact on on startups from from a macro level on on mm. your perspective yeah i think the this is one of the weird things that hasn't really happened in our lifetimes i mean the financial crisis uh, a decade ago is maybe close to it but the weird thing about this is it's impacting every single industry it's impacting almost everyone that we know um, so almost everyone is impacted in some way. And I think on a macro level, uh, for most industries, it gets way, way tougher to, um, to get revenue in, to sell the products. And we will talk a bit in a bit more detail on, on which industries it has more impact and which industries it has less impact. But generally, yeah, it's uncertain times. Investors don't really know what to do with it. And um, many founders uh, don't know what to do with it as well, or are at least developing solutions on an ongoing basis. Since, as, as many people have said, this is unprecedented times. So probably you need unprecedented uh, measures as well. And maybe diving into um, the first order consequences, you've heard a lot about that. People are getting sick. Some people are dying. The healthcare system is strained. But I think the second order consequences are what's way more interesting for uh, the startup scene. So we will blend out everything else. We will blend out politics. We'll blend out um, 
other things that factor in and just talk about um, what is happening and what you can do. So first of all, like I said, it's way tougher to actually make money in most industries. Mm -hmm. um, most importantly, like travel is almost um, like you can say disappearing. Uh, most people I know in the travel space have a very, very bad time. Um, there are other industries directly impacted. Retail has a very tough time. Everything that has to do with physical interactions in the physical world is suffering. Conventions, manufacturing, mobility. So these kinds of industries on a, on a more macro level are hurting and mm -hmm. have severe problems. And then there are some other industries that are actually positively impacted. Gaming, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, actually, the gaming industry had like one of the biggest year-over-year -year growth in the month of February compared to like all the other years before. I think they grew over seventy percent, and it's it's not stopping. Mm -hmm. Then online education is gaining a lot of momentum right now since all the universities have closed down, all the schools are closing down. So and students still need to learn, right? They still need to cover the, the subjects and cover everything so that they don't lose the whole semester or the whole year. So mm -hmm. online education is huge. And then one other very obvious uh, industry that's gaining is remote software, remote working software. And everything that's related to making sure that you can be productive, even if you work from home. Um, that's that's uh, like the first industry overview. We can dive a bit, deep, a bit deeper. But first of all, how are you doing? Are you home? <laughs> I'm home safely for now, um, isolating uh, as it should be. Um, but of course, also uh, the company that I work for, Starmind, they definitely shut off everything, remote work, um, not shut off in, in regards to the business. The business runs as usual. Luckily, we're, we're quite lucky on that side. But I think um, remote working is definitely something that is generally new to a massive amounts of employees and 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 um, everybody has to get comfortable with it but i also see lots of positive opportunities that can arise because of remote work and therefore mm. thanks for asking um, i'm actually um, i'm enjoying the positive parts and i'm of course also observing the negative ones but i i see there's potential in the positive ones mm. and maybe and maybe one one thing to add from a from an industry perspective I think also what's what's generally interesting to observe is that all non-essential consumer products will become less relevant at the moment because people are very driven to buy essential products like you see uh, in supermarkets if you think about groceries but people mm. don't really care about um, about buying non-essential topics for example a friend of mine is working on a startup that tries to um, boost the efficiency of farming with roses in kenya mm. Um, mm -hmm. in eastern africa and mm. they are just observing a massive decrease in um, shipping of those roses worldwide because nobody's going to buy roses at the moment people have different mm. things to, to 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 complain about and i think that's something where where it's non-essential and i think that that goes through the different industries within consumer products yeah I, I totally agree with physical products i think the digital products in the consumer space actually have a great time netflix and spotify 100 percent. yeah everyone is yeah. bored everyone needs something to do um yeah, maybe maybe before we dive a bit deeper into specific industries, and maybe you can talk about what industries you would like to dive into. Maybe we talk a bit about um, what we gathered from other founders, from investors, about what what you have to do 
as a founder or an early employee at a startup now and how you can um, on the one hand survive, but on the other hand, maybe also prosper uh, in these times. And actually, um, we've developed a, a list of things with uh, a couple of our friends uh, at YC and uh, a couple of our good founder friends here in Germany of just very basic things uh, that are helpful. And mm -hmm. I'll just go through the list and then you can add things or please, please. Um, tell me tell me that I forgot something. Please. So I think Great. the very first thing is just make sure that everyone is safe. I think that's very obvious. Um, making sure that everyone has a place to work from, usually their homes, and just incorporate a work-from-home policy. Because funny enough, not everyone has done it. And I don't really get why, especially in the technology scene, right? Mm -hmm. um, I get it for like healthcare workers, obviously, but also for some manufacturing um, companies. But if you have the possibility of, of working from home and doing remote work, I think that's the very first thing you have to do. Should be obvious, but uh, apparently not everyone, <laughs> not everyone agrees, at least right now. Mm -hmm. um, then the second thing that's related to that is make sure that everyone can work productively from home. That's the thing you have probably read about a lot in the last couple of weeks, right? All these guides on how to work remotely, what kind of software to use. And setups differ, but I've, I've always noticed that there are three main things that you need. Uh, one, you need some kind of real-time communication tool. Usually most companies already have that in the form of Slack or something like that. But you just mm. need something that makes it very efficient to communicate quickly with each other. Secondly, you need some kind of conferencing or video conferencing tool. Some people like to use Zoom. Other people like to use Google Hangouts. And then there are a couple of newer products. Tandem is uh, a product that's actually built for remote teams, uh, built by friends of mine. Really great product. They have way too much demand right now. And mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the, cool thing about, <laughs> the cool thing about Tandem is that um, I actually don't know if I've mentioned them before. I, I might have mentioned them in one of the previous episodes. But basically, what they're doing is they, um, you can download the app and then you see everyone in, the, in your team in the app. And you, active, you see whether or not they are online. And once they don't move the mouse or don't do anything for like two minutes, they are inactive. And you actually see what they're working on. So, for example, if they design something in Figma, you see that they are in Figma. And if you click on their profile and on Figma in the profile, you j immediately join them in the design tool, which makes cool. remote communication and also remote interaction way easier. Uh, they also make it very easy to share your screen and you can see your own mouse cursor in the browser of the other one. You can point at things. So it makes it, it makes it a bit a bit more familiar, a bit more um, it's just closer to the actual work environment. And then mm -hmm. another tool uh, that's in, in that area is a, a company I've, I've interned at like many, many years ago. Uh, it's called Sococo. And what they are doing is they basically offer virtual offices. So you have some kind of virtual office with different, uh, different rooms, actually, and you have your own little bubble uh, avatar. And then you see who's talking to whom, who is in which room. You can immediately uh, join other people in their rooms. If you want to focus, you can lock your own door. So it's very closely resembling the actual office environment. Mm -hmm. And it's also a very cool tool. Uh, for the um, general remote working environment. And the last thing 
uh, I, I was elaborating again and digressing a bit. But the third point, <laughs> the third point, other than real time, quick communication like Slack and then also video conferencing or something like that, is you need some kind of asynchronous knowledge management. And some people are using Notion for that. Other people are just using Google Drive. But the once you do remote work, and I think we've talked about it before, sharing knowledge becomes more and more important and asynchronously sharing it is even more important when you want to interact when you want to work without too much interaction especially in different time zones and often people are sometimes going back to i know their home countries or whatever right now or are stuck in, in specific countries and can't come back <laughs> so working between different time zones becomes more and more important so having some kind of way of officially sharing knowledge uh, definitely becomes more important as well. And then on, on top of that, you obviously need access to your own tools, to your internal tools, but it differs a lot from company to company. So I can't really, can't really talk too much about that. Um, uh, the next point on the list is actually cutting costs, right? The yep. lower your burn is, the less resilient you are to bad times. Mm -hmm. the, it makes sense, right? I, I mean, you, uh, we talked about that a lot before, how to uh, be productive and how to minimize uh, the burn in your especially early stage, but also in later stage companies. And now a lot of the companies that have burned a lot of money are noticing how fragile they are, especially in bad times. So they are trying to find inefficiencies even if you even if you don't have the highest burn, right now is a perfect time to look for inefficiencies and to cut costs that are not extremely essential to what you're doing. And I think it's it's obviously always good to have a a lower burn and a longer runway. It just gives you more flexibility, especially in uncertain times like this. So, Mike, is there yeah. is there something where? where you already saw within the environment that you're working in and, and the people that you have talked to where you could potentially cut costs immediately where it's not a big effort, where it, but it does actually have an mm -hmm. impact. Did you see something like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends a bit on the industry uh, you're working in, right? And also what how your cost structure looks like. One thing that uh, some friends of mine are actually doing is um, be, because they have to, depending on the industry, uh, they decrease the uh, time people work uh, per week and mm -hmm. um, pay them less salary. However, uh, some governments, and the German government is one of them, the US is currently developing plans for it, is um, basically not not settling the whole difference, but settling almost all the difference. And if you factor in lower taxes, the employees actually earn almost the same amount of money um, so that's one of the easiest ways in this current situation. If the government offers something for your specific industry and for your specific um, amount of employees, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think that's one thing you should definitely look into. And de it depends on the country you're in and sometimes on the state you're in as well. And I think other inefficiencies, it's super difficult to generalize. But um, I think right now is the best time to really go deep into every single expense um, yep. and make sure that essentials are paid 
but that other things are, are cut to a certain degree. Um, which is the, the, the weird thing is on a micro level, it makes a lot of sense for you, right? To do that on a macro level, if everyone is cutting their costs, other companies are suffering. So that's one of the things about a potential recession. Um, it's yep. a downward spiral. hundred percent people don't trust the market anymore. Um, and, and I would also like to add one more thing, mm. um, which which kind of concludes with your second one, which comes more to the part of communication. Mm -hmm. I think there are basically three three stakeholders um, that you should inform, but not even inform, but also see where potential benefits arise on the process now of, of, of having Corona in place. The first one is employees. Mm. Um, I think the, the bigger the startup becomes and everything that's, that's bigger than four or five people requires some additional communication because it's not just a one-on-one -on -one conversation anymore. It's actually people being involved within smaller teams. Um, and I think one thing that you can do is maybe keep them updated on a, on a weekly basis, maybe send an email around or do like a short video call where you just update what the potential impact of, of Corona is on, on your startup uh, and just, um, give them quite full transparency about how you want to address those issues. It mm. doesn't need to be all in depth in regards to numbers, but it should give them a feeling that you actually care and that you actually have a feeling of how this whole thing could potentially impact your company. And nobody knows, of course, it's, it's, it's just an, a, a vague uh, kind of discussion to, to project everything, but it's good that your, your employees trust in, in, in what you have planned in regards to numbers, but also in regards to strategy uh, that's one part. I think the second part is talk to your investors if you have them. Um, I think they would appreciate if you if you reach out and if you just tell what you have planned in order to kind of um, minimize the the risks. Um, and and they would be very happy about it to hear from you and also maybe be part of the discussion to move you move you forward. I know different startups have done that already. Mm. Um, and the third one is, and that's probably most important. Um, after the employee side is involve your customers. Mm. There are a lot of customers that have difficulties now um, and users, right? Users and customers involve them in, in your process, involve them in potential benefits that you can give them uh, because a lot of startups, I think, are working on issues where they don't even believe that it's it might be helpful in those times, but it actually is. So talk to your customers, understand what, what their issues are and see if your product may help them right at the spot. And, and you can be a big solution for them in such a difficult phase um, and, and, and give them some special offers in, in times of uncertainty. So I think those three stakeholders are, are important and communicate to them in order to, to be transparent about what you do as a company. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, that would be, uh, would have been not the next point, but the point afterwards over communicate. And yep. yeah, I, I totally agree. Employees should always come first in this specific regard, in my opinion, um, yep. tell them first, um, and then in terms of investors and customers, right. But yeah, updating your investors is important. It's, it also creates a good, um, just environment uh, of trust and they know that it's difficult times, at least for some startups, um, <laughs> other startups probably tell their investors, Hey, this is great. We are organically growing. We don't have to do anything for that. But <laughs> yeah, generally sure. uh, crisis management uh, is always something that uh, investors like. And for the customers, actually like a really good point. Um, I, I've already seen, um, people help their, their customers that are maybe a, a bit less tech savvy by just integrating a couple of APIs for them, helping them to move remote work, 
Mm. And yeah, I think there are things that you can do now that really build lasting relationships. Uh, I totally agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one other point on the, uh, on, on the list was getting money in. And uh, I mean, on the, on the one hand, you, you should obviously try to keep your current customers, um, try to figure out if you're an industry where increasing sales has some kind of feasibility. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just some industries where you can't do anything right now, right? If you're in the like music industry and are relying on live concerts, yeah, you, you can't really do anything there. But maybe you right. can go online. Uh, I think that's what, I don't know who it was. Some artists just did that. Um, he streamed the, his whole concert online. Um, I think it was Coldplay, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's a couple. It's probably a couple. But um, <laughs> so basically, think of other ways of reaching customers. Think of other ways of making money. And sometimes, especially if you're early stage, finding alternative revenue sources. The main goal is that your company doesn't die. So if you're in an industry that is basically not existing right now, then you may have to sell cereal like the Airbnb founders. Or and 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 Mike, yeah. I, I would love to add something right on the spot there because I I just got informed about a a company that was they built software for like for restaurants mm. um, and mm. of course nothing is happening on that site. What they did is they use their technology now to offer it to other industries uh, that are actually active now that are getting more active because of Corona mm. and they use their technology and just pivot into a different market and uh, they see potential in doing that. And they got approved by, by the investors, they get approved by the customers and they are doing this step now. And I think that's a great opportunity to kind of like move away and take a, a more reflective step, a step back and, and see what is, what is your current industry? Is there, is there a market fit right now for in, in times of Corona mm. and can you move to a different industry that has the same potential with the same technology. Yeah, I agree. Look at what you have and probably your product is one of the most important things that you have. And then see if you can just deploy it somewhere else. I I like that. And that's actually a good transition to my next point because I think one of the things that you can do right now is focusing on improving your product and on doing internal improvements. Because if you, let's say you want to stick in your industry, and you know that the next couple of months are difficult, best time ever to just really double down on improving your internal processes, making sure that things are working, building the features that your customers have wanted for some time where you didn't have the right time to really focus on it and just really double down on that. Um, but only if you can afford it, obviously. But if you can, I think that, that right is a really good time to do that. And- agree, agree. Lot. Agree, and yeah. and especially maybe also, um, like of course it's a mix between product strategy of where you want to go with your product in general, where the market is going. A lot of people have been stuck in day to day um product features because of course customer requests have been there or user mm. requests and maybe now is also time as as long as like the revenue is secured um to also think about where is the market in generally going and how can i adapt mm. to the market changes for the future if like macro trends um and and how does that impact uh, my current user base or my current product base yeah uh, that makes a lot of sense yeah time for reflection is definitely there right now and then, then lastly, don't forget about culture, because especially if you worked totally before, 
um, and there are not too many companies who are full remote, right? Then really paying attention to how your team interacts in the meantime, and especially if all of this takes longer, how you can keep your culture on a level that once you go back, uh, that it's still alive and hopefully even on a higher level than before, you need to put a lot of work into that, even more work than you usually, um, even more time than you usually need for it. And it's way more difficult doing it remotely. But I think that's one of the things that you can't forget about, also in these uncertain times. Absolutely. Um, but still, right? I mean, uh, it's also a great opportunity to 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 show that you care mm. in, in times of um, very hectic operations. And I'm aware that a lot of startups actually have hectic operations right now because they need to see how the cash is going, how if they can actually survive mm. in, in those times. But I think for the startups that have a cash a cash positive um, environment at the moment, maybe they should also show that they care. And you can do that by doing very small steps, like, like, like really caring about the employees, caring about their families, mm. um, looking for them, seeing if everything is fine to then use that as a, as a gateway to also identify what, what's, what is their need for culture and just better identify, talk to different employees to understand what they expect of culture, especially in, in your environment as a company. And this will give you a better feeling of how you, how you need to structure different tools, tool setups, which tools you want to use in the future, but also how you want to kind of build a culture bottom up um, by talking to the employees first. Yeah. And stressful times are, usually great times for building highly cohesive teams because under pressure mm -hmm. you form the best teams and if yeah. you if you can go through that time together then the better times afterwards will at least usually definitely um be even better so i, I think right now is a good time to like you said show that you care really forge something that works and then um getting out of it even absolutely um, so one point that I haven't put on the list, but depending on your situation, is something you should think about is how can you help your community? And I think obviously it starts with yourself. Make sure that you stay safe and healthy. Make sure that your dependents or your, your close family and friends are staying safe and healthy. But then also, if you have the ability, uh, look around you. Look who you can positively impact. Um, sometimes it's the old neighbor and sometimes it's using your own technological skills to help people on a, on a more level, uh, level. And I actually have just built a, a nonprofit, uh, that's matching. I want to do volunteering work with other people that need it. Um, I think helping hands.io or something like that. Friends of mine from university, are really great guys. And I think what they are doing is a great example of adding value in, uh, in this time of crisis. Interesting. A friend of mine also just started that beginning of January. Um, I think it's called Zomigo and they also do something very similar match. Yeah. Uh, it's nice when people work. do that. Absolutely. I think absolutely. And we need more of it. Oh yeah, we definitely do. And the, and go ahead. And I think like community also means like talk to other founders, right? I mean, I've, mm. um, I've talked to a couple of other founders and they're experiencing, experiencing issues 
and what they just like to do is express their thoughts and and feelings because mm. they don't want to maybe publicly share everything with with um with the investor side but maybe they want to talk to to peers that kind of have a similar view on on topics and just want to get a sense of if they're doing things correctly, if, if it seems to be correct um, and just want to have some guidance on, on and also get, get hurt uh, in, in, in difficult times as a startup founder. Um, I yeah. think everybody has gone through it in, in some ways, even working for different companies and, and everybody can be part of, 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 of a helping hand. I totally agree. I'm actually part of two founder self-help groups. <laughs> that's, that's not really how we see each other. Like we actually help each other a lot. Uh, in terms of uh, actual either introductions or help with the business or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's also psychological, to be honest, right? Agreed. And um, often it is talking to just founders I know well or talking like to, to friends of mine like you. But sometimes this group feeling is actually nice. You just either sit in a room normally or right now just sit in a Google Hangouts with other people who are mm-hmm. in a similar situation and you can just talk about the problems you're facing and how you can how you can deal with them. I totally agree. I actually think that therapy is probably one of the, and specifically like remote therapy is one of the areas that will grow a lot right now, just because there will be so many people that want to share their problems. Yep. And um, yeah. I mean, te- telemedicine is going up right now and it's, oh, it's yeah. something that is building up. So I think you see synergies in, in telemedicine and, and health in general. Hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe before we dive into the happier things and our recommendations for books and uh, podcasts and, and other things, mm-hmm. um, maybe let's take a couple of minutes and just talk about the more uh, like the, the impact out of the startup world. Because mm-hmm. if we are quite honest, we are like we have problems in the startup world, but our problems are usually way less severe than those other people are facing. Yep. So it always, like, again, it depends on the country, but like I live and work in the US uh, to a large degree. So there, a lot of people don't get paid if they leave work for sickness. So mm-hmm. uh, that's suboptimal. And especially if you can't work remotely, which you can't in many jobs, and especially in those jobs that pay less and in those jobs that are um, done by more vulnerable people, like older or younger people, um yeah it's it's super tough and especially if you think about that the statistic is that usually like the the average american family and i think it's not i think it's not too far off for german families lives from paycheck to paycheck they have like one buff one month buffer and usually Mm -hmm. not more and right now this could really be tested because if you have the choice of either going to work and earning the money you need to pay for your rent or your food, or self-isolating at home, I know what most people are choosing. And you can't blame them. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, we don't want to go into politics, so we leave that out of the equation. But I just wanted to mention that many people are way more vulnerable than we are, uh, which doesn't mean that we can't focus on our own problems, but it's just something that I think has to be mentioned here. And Absolutely. has to be something that uh, we need to be aware of and uh, need to think about also need to think of of where we can help i think there are some some good uh, initiatives in that area as well absolutely i mean especially in a startup you always have a way 
a way in a different direction that you can take technology is there you are aware of the technology you have the technology under control um uh, and the only thing that you don't have under control is the external market perspective sales mm. customer user growth um and and maybe use that as a chance to to focus on the right things at the moment um and also know that there are other jobs where people kind of lose their jobs right on the spot because of the crisis and you as a startup still have something under control which other people don't um because because um because they just have other circumstances that they work in um yeah where, where businesses are having more issues and they need to fire people yeah i mean we are like in in our case at, at my startup we were but we are extremely lucky uh, because if we say we work from home tomorrow we just work from home tomorrow yep. um we send like everyone home to their apartments we flew um one of our american uh, employees to florida he's working from there now that's just not something that works in other in, in many other industries so mm -hmm. yeah we're definitely happy in tech uh, by the way i Absolutely. don't know if you heard it but um i'm coughing and um i, I don't know if i told you uh, at least live on the podcast, I had a nose surgery some time ago. Actually, right now it's a really bad timing because I still have my um, coughing fits from time to time. And uh, before I was self-isolating, everyone in public was always looking at me super weirdly as if I'm the devil. Um, <laughs> I always had space in the in the metro or wherever I was. But yeah, it was getting really uncomfortable because uh, I had like a couple of people like really looking at, like staring at me almost. I um, would I I would do that as well if you are in the train. So I yeah I, I mean I totally agree. I should have bought it. Like sometimes I even told them, yeah, well I just had a surgery. It's not Corona, and they were like, oh okay, that's nice. So they were actually <laughs> super relieved. I mean I could have told them anyway, but um, they they actually like to hear that. I should have bought a T-shirt um, uh, that says it. But yeah, just a, just a funny side note in case you you've heard it. I, I try to cough away from the microphone, but no, I don't know how sensitive it is. No, but... I'm impressed. I did. I didn't hear anything. I nice. just heard. So I did a good I heard job. <laughs> you took a sip of some sort of drink that I heard. But um, oh, since yeah, yeah. since we haven't done the Tim Ferriss, Kevin Rose wine wine podcast discussion yet, I think it's just water. It's just water. Staying hydrated. <laughs> staying, staying, staying effective. Like it. <laughs> okay. Um, recommendations. I think it's it's a great time to talk about uh, books and podcasts because people are home. Some yep. people are bored. And let's let's give them some recommendations. Um, do you want to start? Uh, yes, um, would love to start. Um, I actually like recently I came across two podcasts that are very similar in regards to the topic direction, um, especially for the startup world. I think it's interesting. One is called OV Built. Um, it's it's um, I think one per two people um, from a company that's also called OV Build. They also do different stuff with blogs and mm -hmm. and and publish publish the book. Um, and they talk about product building um, more from a um, from a product growth perspective. But I think it's super super interesting because they they at first interview different people. They just interviewed Nia Yal, which of course a lot of people of you mm. guys know, mm -hmm. um, author of Hooked and Indistractable, but also have. Um, Haven't you interviewed him before? Yeah, I also ah, okay. I, I know yeah. him, right? Yeah, um, great guy, absolutely fantastic, and to, to have chatted with him. But I think that's one 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 of the guests. But they kind of really try to 
go deep into the different t topics of product growth um, and try to understand it with experts, but also without experts. And I, I learned a lot already, even though I've been interested in, in product growth for, for the last like two or three years. Um, and, and another podcast that directly fits into this relation is called Product-Led Podcast, um, mm -hmm. which, which just got started. Um, it's also one guy, I, I don't remember his name anymore, but he um, he started the, this whole journey around product-led growth also as, as one, of, one of his like kind of names that he uses. And he also just started his podcast around product, product growth. And, and I loved it because he also interviews very niche, um, niche like product people that, that give different ideas. And I can definitely recommend it if you are into segments of product building. Um, it's, a, it's definitely a good recommendation. Nice. Uh, that sounds sounds really cool. By the way, we need to start a list where we track the recommendations because I totally forgot what my first recommendations were. <laughs> I, I definitely remember one, but I don't remember the, the second one. So I'll, I'll I'll just I'll just go ahead and if I if I told you about the book before, just uh, it's so good that I had to mention it twice. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so, iteration. We're getting better every every episode. That's true. That's true. And if we don't actually prepare that much, so most of us here talking is spontaneous which yeah. is um, hopefully a part of its quality. But yeah, <laughs> over time, we'll also probably uh, prepare a little more depending on the topic. Yep. So I think I wanted I want to do two book recommendations uh, today. One is a very, very, like not really a direct recommendation, but I think right now is a perfect time to dive into a topic you always wanted to learn more about, but always procrastinated or postponed. And so my first suggestion is use the time pick one of the topics you really wanted to dive into for a long time and just grab the most foundational book uh, you can find. So just some book that teaches you the foundations, teaches you the basics and really gets you going. And then if you like, if you still like the topic afterwards, then go deeper. And if you don't, you can stop. Um, so that's the, something point. I like to do from time to time, just going really deep into um, new topics and Often it's actually um, books that are read in university that I read because they are meant to teach concepts. And funnily enough, um, these kinds of books are way, it's way more interesting to read them if you don't have to read them for a class or a course. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, I can recommend that. And actually Cambridge has um, just published access to over 700 books for higher education for the next two months. So if you, I don't know, it's Cambridge press. If you just Google like Cambridge public book access, you should find it. They have paused it right now because the demand was way too high, um, but they will open it up again very soon. And it's a very good way of just accessing really good books um, in a lot of different areas. So and that's number one. And they're not the only ones, right? Just to, yeah, to add, there are, many. Uh, there are like other um, companies that offer free online courses and stuff. Just check it out. It's it's a good moment to look it up. That's definitely true. And then the second book is actually a real book. So, <laughs> and it's called the the Dream Machine, and it's written by Mitchell Waldrop, and it's about uh, JCR Lickleader. I hope that I pronounce his name correctly. And he was one of the early pioneers of the computer age. And he basically what he wanted to do is create the human computer symbiosis. And he was originally, I think, a psychologist and then transitioned into 
the whole world of the PC. And this is a great book that teaches you how the early days of computers looked like. Mm-hmm. And it goes really deep into the history, the different personalities. You will actually recognize a lot of the names. Some of the names you will have never heard, but are were very foundational to the devices you and I are using every single day. And it's actually the book that I got gifted when I started at Stripe. Um, because the, the founders of Stripe love that book so much that they bought the publishing rights, I think. At least um, they, they bought, I think they bought the publishing rights and then gifted to everyone who starts there. It's an amazing book, one of my absolute favorites. And it's really, I think it's really helpful for everyone in the tech industry uh, to read it. So definitely, definitely a high recommendation from me. Amazing. I didn't know it actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that famous. It's not that famous. So I, I wish more people would read it. Uh, that's why I'm recommending it right now. Perfect. Yeah, we should um, we definitely make a list of, about them so we have a better overview of what you... <laughs> definitely. Uh, but you definitely. definitely didn't mention it, otherwise I would have had in mind. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was like 90% sure that I haven't mentioned it before um, <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Um, then um, one thing that I want to try out is from now on the quote of the day. Uh-huh. Um, because there's so many good quotes and it's always cool if you can drop them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm. And today it's actually a quote about uh, from a politician and it's uh, I read this quote like a couple of weeks ago for the first time uh, a couple of months ago actually now and I, I have my, in my Evernote I have my own section for quotes and this is one of the I think quotes that best describes politics and one of the <laughs> truest quotes I've ever I've ever read and uh, it's from uh, Jean-Claude Juncker the former president of the European Commission so fairly fairly powerful guy in politics and he said we all know what to do. We just don't know how to get reelected after we've done it. <laughs> and I think it describes everything so well that's happening right now, but also usually in, in many areas of, of politics, in my opinion. And I, I just love that quote. Um, I, I really think uh, it's a good one to think about. I love it. Um... So we have a little bit of politics in place, at least in the podcast. Otherwise, it would have gotten boring. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we don't take sides on here, but we can we can drop some good quotes or <laughs> talk about some some general things that are obviously going wrong from time to time. True words, true words. And 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 I can definitely add something. I have to to say to the listeners. Uh, Mike got me on the spot. He told me a minute before we started, "Hey, let's talk about quotes." So I wasn't really prepared, um, <laughs> but. Uh, I was actually, since we talked about Nia, um, the, mm-hmm. like the, the author, um, I just looked into his book again, Indistractable, because I have different quotes that I marked. And I really mm-hmm. liked one, which was, you can't call something a distraction unless you know what it's distracting you from. Um, I can say it again. You can't, you can't call something a distraction unless you know what it's distracting you from. And mm-hmm. I think it's not, it's not really a quote, but it kind of describes when you think about distractions, you should also think about what what distractions actually impact on. What's the impact of, of one distraction? Let's say you use Instagram or you use YouTube every single day. It, it's a distraction, that's for sure. It's a fact. But what is it actually distracting you from? Um, mm. Is that time with your girlfriend? Is that time with your partner? Is that time with um, time for, for your job, for your startup, for your idea that you're working on? What's the actual impact? And maybe to mm. go deeper and analyze that is some sort of kind of 
evolving and finding out what distractions are for and 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 why you shouldn't do um why you shouldn't go into to different distractions maybe at the same time so i think it's a cool quote um that i've marked recently so i just wanted to brought it up nice uh, i like it and while we're talking about distractions i want to recommend another piece of content that's actually very short but it's one of my all-time favorite pieces of content and it's from john perry uh he's some kind of professor i think like professor of philosophy oh yeah here it is a, a professor of philosophy at stanford or he was at least i don't know if he still is and it's called how to procrastinate and still get things done and it's a very short piece but it's it's really eye-opening in my opinion because what what he is basically saying in this piece is that if you structure procrastination correctly, then it can actually sometimes help you because if you're distracted by something that's actually worth more in the long term than the thing you're actually working on, uh, then over time um, that can actually help you. But read it on your own. We'll link it in the show notes. Very short. Even, even people with medium attention spans will be able to finish it. Um, so we'll link, <laughs> we'll link it. Uh, I think it's really good. What's his name again? John, uh, John Perry. Perry. Right? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. And cool. I, I will just link the direct link to the PDF. I think yep. that's the easiest. Agree. Agree. Uh, final one. What's what's your what's your favorite tool? Maybe also in times of Corona. Um, mm. Yeah, I think Tandem. I talked about it before. Tandem is yep. amazing. Um, I I think uh, that it works really well um, when you use it within your within your team, and I think other than that something like notion or evernote is still under i think the notebook like the old idea of the notebook is still undervalued right now because mm -hmm. we're in this weird transitional phase where some people are still bring physical notebooks which is usually a good idea very helpful but most people are never looking into it again yep. um so that's the one part and the other part is way too few people in my opinion are taking a lot of notes in their Evernotes or Notions, and you immediately notice the difference between people that take notes in your meetings or take notes about their general lives and people who don't, uh, in my opinion, because you, you usually notice that the people who take notes have a really big advantage. Mm -hmm. And I always regret it when I haven't taken notes because the other person that has taken notes is always a couple of steps ahead. So yeah, take more notes, use whatever you want. I use Evernote privately. Uh, we use Slide um, uh, at our company, uh, which is also a YC company, a cool product. And then Notion is, is great as well. Good to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also use Evernote. Um, we partly use OneNote, which I'm not a big fan mm. of, but um, we do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, a tool that I would recommend is 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 a subset or is like a subcategory of a tool it, of course a lot of you guys know zoom as a video conference tool but i think one one very important feature that they have are breakout rooms um so you can use bigger bigger groups and kind of split them up into different sub, subgroups in order to potentially especially in remote times um let for example people pitch your idea in different breakout rooms and you have different people giving feedback and and after a time after half an hour everybody comes together in the big room again and you are you cross-functionally and cross-collaboratively um 
uh, ideate and and collaborate on on the findings of certain people pitching. So I think breakout rooms are a good way of of bringing everybody together, but also kind of separating them in subgroups to make to make ideation and creation more more effective. Um, and I'm a big fan. And shout out to Zoom, definitely a great feature. So that's my recommendation. Yeah, I think once your team gets bigger, this is one of the most effective things you can do. Absolutely. Um, in, in small teams, you obviously don't need it. But yep. every time I worked in, in, in very large teams, and especially actually in crisis situations, it's extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so one, um, going back to SoCoco, which I talked about earlier, um, one, like one customer group that actually used it a lot, or is probably still using it a lot, I mean, I'm not working there anymore, so I don't like fully know, was crisis management teams. Mm -hmm. So whenever there was a natural disaster or like sometimes even the police or whatever, they had their main room where the like the, the main responsible person and, and their staff was located in. And then they would break out into different rooms on this like physical uh, like layout of the office and like do topical discussions about specific things, jump in back to the main room, grab someone from the other room if they need them. So yeah, that's, that's a really, really good thing to do. Uh, if you, if you are working remotely, I, I totally agree. Cool. Excellent. So I think that's from my side from, from, a, from a tool perspective. Yeah. I actually just thought of a really great tool that I'll mention in the next episode so that we don't fire all of our ammunition right now. <laughs> I love it. I think, um, we also came a little bit over time, but I hope uh, that's fine for everybody. As always, we had a lot to discuss, um, of course, in, in very critical times for startups and 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 entrepreneurial people yeah um i'm yeah it's always fun talking with you looking forward to the next episodes we'll we try to stick to the weekly schedule from now on uh, we have less excuses now that we don't have to mute and <laughs> um yeah looking forward to speaking again soon likewise thanks mike enjoyed it as always it was a pleasure bye max bye bye